From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, adipose derived stem cells for keratoconus. We are using the cells of the patient that has the same genetic body. They are initially healthy, and it takes time for them to express the keratoconus genetics. It begins as liposuction and ends in a treatment for keratoconus. This unbelievable journey is being charted by Jorge Alio, who's using autologous adipose-derived stem cells to produce keratocytes in vivo. I'll let him explain. We're going to be talking about autologous adipose-derived adult stem cells. What are adipose-derived adult stem cells? Well, the, these adipose-derived stem cells are mesenchymal cells that are in the adipose tissue. And they are, uh, uh, because being in the fat, very easy to find, very easy to extract, and very easy to identify. So it has many uh, technical advantages, and the population of these cells is extremely high because everybody has fat. So that's, that's the reason why these cells are becoming so much popular in stem cell therapy, because they are uh, adequate for many purposes. They are mesenchymal cells, so they can differentiate with adequate stimulus in most of the of the tissues that we have, except the brain and the neural uh, tissue. And this is why we choose these uh, these cells because they are very well known in terms of their their manipulation. They they are, they are performing quite well in terms of, uh, of behavior in this type of experiments, and they, they can be allocated easily. And they are not invasive because liposuction synthesis is just a minimal invasive procedure, and so the procedure is very adequate for the purpose of the surgery and very well accepted by the patients. Obviously, Jorge, we're going to be talking about the application of these stem cells within the context of ophthalmology, but let me ask you first, outside of ophthalmology, where is this sort of technology employed? Well, these these stem cells are applied in many areas, for instance, traumatology, dental surgery, heart surgery, and kidney surgery, among many others. But these are the areas in which this mesenchymal cell are very much used and very much uh, investigated and they uh, can differentiate to the, with the adequate stimulus and in the adequate environment to many tissues that are basically the main part of our body. You know, as I mentioned to you, it's basically they serve for most of the, of the of the organ reconstruction technique that we have at this moment instead for those in which we have involved in the central nervous system because these cells are of different origin and they can replicate that well. Now, in the context of of my own practice in Manhattan, I, I've you know I I have never had any real problems getting graft tissue. But from a perspective of global health, how significant are corneal graft shortages? Well, you have to think that this this is not going to substitute graft tissue, but it's going to be a new type of surgery that will substitute many of the procedures that we have. It's really the beginning of the story of a new a, a tremendous change in our approach to the therapy. For instance, in corneal dystrophies, uh, that you can substitute the disease keratocytes by normal uh, mesenchymal cells that are, could be from the, from the same patient or from a donor, and these cells will repopulate the cornea, eliminating the previous cells that can be eliminated by many, by many ways, and then you're having a much um, healthier tissue and to prevent the late evolution to cornea. So basically, we are at the beginning of a transitional uh, moment in which uh, tissues are not going to be any longer changed, but rather they are going to be replaced by autologous tissue that have the origin in 
in in the in the stem cells that are, that we are at this moment using for the purpose of the cornea, and they are going to substitute the tissues that are uh, likely to be diseased or that they are diseased in a way that can be uh, making a completely different uh, evolution of the patient. Also, it is not difficult to think that in the future, once that we have solved the problems of ocular surface reconstruction with the, with stem cells, now with the, we can replicate the corneal stroma as we have demonstrated in our experiments. And the corneal endothelium, we can, with a 3D printer, probably, to reproduce the cornea, the, the, the tissue of the, of the cornea with an adequate key value. And in this new cornea, which is not going to be any longer a graph, is going to be from the same cells of the patient or from donors that are created in banks with a perfect genetics. This is going to be a total revolution. I, I really think that in the next few, 10 to years, we are going to use these cells both for preventive purposes in the early stages of disease or for therapeutic purposes was that the disease has been established in order to avoid the progression to, to the advanced stages of many diseases of the cornea and many diseases like in the, in the ocular surface because these cells are very valid as well for ocular surface reconstruction. Are there animal studies that demonstrate that adipose-derived adult stem cells can be employed in the cornea? And if such studies exist, have they looked at the subsequent corneal clarity? Yeah, you know, we, we did these studies and they, are, they have been published in different papers. If you click my name, <clears throat> and stem cells, you will see that the first paper we published was in stem cells. Stem cells is a, is a journal, very, very important journal to publish. And we published the, our first experience <clears throat> in that we designed in a way that could demonstrate without any objection that the, that the, the mesenchymal stem cells can reproduce in the cornea creating keratocytes and creating transparent normal tissue. We, we did for that purpose one experimental animal model, which was the rabbit, in which we created a femtosecond pocket, and this femtosecond pocket we implanted the stem cells from human origin. And we could demonstrate, and it was the result of this publication, that uh, adult collagen uh, tissue was present as, as generated by these cells in the rabbit cornea. So there was no doubt that this was not the reactivity of the cells of the rabbit to the to the aggressiveness of the surgery, but rather the 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 the, 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 the persistence and <clears throat> production of collagen by the cells that were implanted because they were human uh, collagen in the rabbit cornea. So following this experiment and this publication, we did others, and we have been investigating the different ways in which these cells can be uh, used in the cornea, and also uh, whether we can use or not specific carriers. To, to be transported because you are dealing with a very thin cornea, for instance, in keratoconus, it, it really the, the rate of increase of the cornea thinness that you can obtain with the stem cells is not not practical because it's about 60 microns every six months. And uh, we need uh, all of a sudden to have a better cornea thinness. For this purpose, we uh, we identified different type of calories. And finally, the calories that we thought that and, and we demonstrated in the, in the experimental animal model that was most adequate, were the acellular corneal laminas of the cornea. So we use acellular carriers uh, as a scaffold, as a carrier of the stem cells, but basically the stem cells are those that are replicating, repopulating and creating, the, or the making that this tissue belongs to the person. No immunogenicity, yeah, no, no, no risk of rejection, no, no inflammatory reaction. All these variables were investigated in our normal models, so you can get all this information but put my video, click my name with the stem cells, and you get all this information as available. And in terms of, of clarity, what did, did I, I mean, obviously, it's 
wonderful that 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 you're that you're demonstrating the production of of collagen, but does the the, the cornea stay clear? Oh, correct. There, there are two two uh, questions in, in this issues in the question. One is the new newly produced collagen transparent answer. Yes, we published this in cornea in the human model, in human uh, uh, cases, so that <clears throat> when we are implanting these cells, the, the result of this implantation is the production of collagen that is transparent. This is number one. And number two, in, in a marine model, models made in rats, it was demonstrated that in a specific um, the coronal diseases, the, the genetic coronal disease with coronal opacity that these mouses have, uh, we could uh, observe a disappearance or, or decrease in the corneal opacity thanks to the use of stem cells. The stem cells, when they are reproducing and they are differentiated into cryptocytes, they develop phagocytic capabilities and they remodel the cornea, eliminate the scars, producing new, new collagen that is transparent. This was demonstrated in our experiment studies as well in humans. And so we were expected from the experimental animal model that this could happen, but we finally demonstrated completely that this is uh, the fact in the human cases that we did, as far as the corners with some scars and, uh, in, in these catacombs cases, faded with time or even disappeared, as we have published as well. Now, part of the graft preparation technique involves corneal decellularization. What is decellularization and, and, and why is it necessary? <clears throat> well, when we, we take a tissue from other person, the collagen has no immunogenicity. The collagen is just a scaffold that has cells of the of the body of the other of the donor. This uh, this tissue is a graft. While we are creating an acellular tissue, that means that we have the, the structure of the contents of collagen with no cells at all. The cells are the characteristics. We shall have, <clears throat> like in a belt, you have the 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 the, um, well, the structure, what has been the skin of an animal. Here you have what is the the, 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 the tissue deprived from cells with no immunogenicity and no capability to, to induce any inflammation or rejection. This is why we took these uh, cellular coronal laminas as the model, because they are easy to obtain. We don't need coronal graft tissue for the purpose. We need just corners that are not up for coronal transplantation. You can get two or three uh, per each one of, of the eyes, because we look at a second. There's a 100 microns thickness, but could be of any thickness. And finally, they are as they become a cellular with a process that we have published as well. And you can implant them as cellular, waiting for the repopulation to come from the host, the cells, or with the stem cells that they will make the experience to be much more reasonable because then you are transplanting the, the collagen fibers with the cells, with the, with the cells of the, of the body of the, of the patient, or the cells that are obviously not going to be rejected and obviously have the, all the capabilities to, to reconstruct the tissue as far as we, we have demonstrated in our experiments. How are the adipose-derived adult stem cells harvested and, and, and prepared? Well, the, in particular harvesting media, uh, the, the cells are obtained, they are uh, identified, so we have the, the, the adipose tissue. Second, we identify the cells. Third, we uh, expand the cells, and finally you have a growth a cultural growth in which these cells are uh, reproducing in an in infinite manner. So these cells will never die, will be always growing. And this is why in the future we shall have <clears throat> banks of cells. So those cells are perfect today because we are getting um, um, them easily and they are not affected by any regulation that is that limits the use of cells upon the person. But finally, which is going to be better, is a bank of cells from a perfect donors in terms of a 
not suffering from any genetic disease that could affect the cornea, and then to start using these cells to, to recreate the corneal tissue and to recreate the structure of the cornea. So this is the idea, the, the, the idea in the future to have cell banks that would be supplied as, as that or with the products that they produce. Why did you expect these techniques to be beneficial in the context of keratoconus, both from you know a, 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 a histopathological standpoint, but, but also understanding, obviously, that the, the adipose stem cells have the same genetics as the, the keratocytes that produce the keratoconus in the, in the, in the first place? True, this is one of the, of the problems that I will see in our experiments, that we are using the cells of the patient that has the same genetic uh, body that the keratoconus cases are. But you have to think that <clears throat> once that we are implanted these stem cells, they are initially healthy, and it, it takes time to, for them to express the keratoconus uh, genetics. It might be that they even don't, don't express it any longer because the carrier has a signaling process that prevents the, the, mani the manifestation of the expression of the of part of the, of the pathogenicity that can be in the genesis of the cells. So we don't know as, at this moment whether this patient will be affected or not by a future development of keratoconus. But I think that we, and we strongly believe that they are not going to, to happen that because the environment which they are implanted with the lamina is, make, is making them to behave a different way and to reinforce, reinforce and to recreate normal tissue from the scaffold and their own production of collagen. Can I get you to describe the design of, of this study? The design of, the, of this study? Well, the study design was, was based in our previous experimental uh, reports. And then we, we, we got the ethical board committee approval from Lebanese University in Cairo, in Cairo, excuse me, in Beirut. And then we, we selected patients that were with advanced keratoconus as a compassive indication to coronagraph. So this patient was scheduled for coronagraph, but we offered them a, this alternative. And if this alternative failed, they were going to have a coronagraph eventually, you know. The, the good thing and the good news is that not a single one of these patients has required a, a coronagraph. Improvement has been enough for the patients to, to be happy. And now we have three years follow-up of these patients and they are, the corners are better, the corners are thicker, the corners have less aberrations, the patients have improved vision, the, the contact lens uh, use is, is better. And, the, and, and in general, these patients are very satisfied that not, not a single one has required so far a coronagraph. As little as I know of this technique, I know even less about liposuction. How much fat tissue is removed in the liposuction to harvest the cells, and what is the typical cell yield? This is easy, no? but in initial experiences, we got about uh, 100 cc. So with 10 cubic centimeters is enough, but in the experience, we got more because we were not that expert in the liposuction, and second, we didn't know that we could get the cells from a small sample as well. So with 10 cc's, you have new cells because these cells, once that they are identified, they are expanded, and the expansion of disease is very fast. So you, you need just uh, one week to have a very good uh, and consistent growth of cells, and these cells are reproducing immediately. Can I get you to, to describe the technique of implantation of these cells into the, the corneal? Oh, yes. Yes, very, very easy. You know, we do have in the second pocket. If in the second pocket is 9.5 millimeters, so basically it's like a DC flap, but with an opening only two millimeters. Only. Uh, then through these uh, two millimeters with a spatula, we dissect the, the, the cornea. The, the pocket is made at 50% corneal depth. So we, we, the, the thinnest 
area of the cornea is divided by two, and then this is the thickness in which we are implanted. It's just because this is the, the area of, in which we create the pocket. And then once that they are injected, we inject three meters of cells in the pocket. We put one stitch that is removed three days later, and that is the solar. So it takes not even five minutes. And if we have a lamina to implant, we open four millimeters, and then we implant the lamina through this four millimeters, expanding it, and then creating in this way an immediate increase in the thickness of the cord. And you had you had different groups, right? You uh, had uh, one study group which had both the lamina and the the stem cells. One group that was just stem cells, and one group that was just lamina. Correct. There were the three, the three groups, and in the in this experience, we tried to ascertain the safety of the procedure. You know, this is very important because nobody before has done this experience like this. So the the, the, the interesting thing is that. In the first group, in the group of the cells, we had an immediate improvement in vision, and obviously this couldn't be related to the cells because the cells were there, and it takes for them to replicate, etc. About one more. So the surgery is not only safe, but it seems that to dislocate the anterior and posterior corneal surfaces brings some advantages to the optical behavior of the corneal good care of the corneal. But second, the experience was in, uh, uniformly successful in every case. We have no losses of vision, no losses of the visual acuity, and no no negative effects or impact in any of the parameters that we have evaluated on these patients. This is the, 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 the way in which we are using the cells. The way in which we are using the, the laminas is the, is the same, but you rightly mentioned that in group two, we have this, this, the laminas alone in this, and in this group three, laminas with cells. Why to implant <clears throat> laminas only? Because you know there is a theory that in my opinion is true, is that the signaling uh, that uh, that it is necessary to make the the keratocytes to grow is in the in the corneal collagen because it's the corneal collagen the one that we're implanting. So even that the corneas are cellular, the signaling the core for the cells to repopulate and to reproduce is made by the collagen. And we demonstrate that this is true because by the confocal study that we did that is submitted now for publication, it is clear that the cellular laminas were able to 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 have this this uh, this growth of cells inside the cellular laminas creating a population that was significantly lower in numbers than the, the, the laminas were implanted with cells, but good enough to be highly populated for the, 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 the procedure. So, not not them, as far in, in, in our space and up to the time that we have at this moment follow-up, uh, to implant a lamina with cells or without stem cells doesn't seem to matter because finally the increasing thickness is depending on the physics. Of the, of the corneal, which are increased in the, in the thickness based on the use of this one the, uh, micron uh, lawyer, uh, because there is no inflammation, because the population happens, there is no opacity, and we need to clarify better how to deal with these experience and sensors, because it seems that they, they are uh, necessary for some part of the treatments or certain, but in this process, in those encounters, it might be that it's not necessary to have any cell population or stem cells when we are implanted a coronal lamina. Now, given that this was an autograft and not an allograft, what was your typical post-operative care regimen for these patients? Yeah, we use Tobradex, which is a medication that we use in, in LASIK and in, in many <clears throat> instances of, of coronal surgery. And we keep the treatment for seven days. And finally, after seven days, nothing, because these patients uh, were always in good condition. Some cases in which we had the doubt about having any type of of, uh, of inflammation because uh, these patients obviously had 
<coughs> came from the long-term contact lens, and some of them had ocular surface dysfunction. We use Lotemax in some cases for the initial three months, but these patients really didn't, didn't need to have any particular treatment of anti-inflammatory, and, and none of them developed any inflammatory complications. And what were your main outcome measures for this study? Main outcome measures were best way to disacuity, oncoretivisacuity, refraction, coronal thickness, keratometry, my mean keratometry, <clears throat> and keratometry in the, in the steepest point, uh, patient satisfaction, and complications. And what were your results? What, what, did, you, what did you find? <clears throat> just to summarize, in the one-year <clears throat> results that we have just published in American Journal of Ophthalmology, uh, all, all the patients in all groups did better than pre-op. In the group with the stem cells only, the patients uh, saw to have <clears throat> not, no changes in keratometry. In thickness, they had a, 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 an increase based on about uh, 16 microns per six, every six months to grow. This colon was identifiable in the cornea by OCT. And finally, this, this, cells, well, this, this group basically was as before, but with better descorrective visuality, and especially best corrected with contactless visual acuity. We don't know the meaning of this, but they, but they did improve with contactless better than, than, than before. Then in the second group, a group with only cell, only laminas, the keratometry was stable. There was no reduction in the sphere or the cylinder. There was a very significant increase as expected in the corneal thickness. The corneal transparency was in all cases good. The best quality visual acuity improved uh, in, in all cases in a, in modest, in modest amount, but they did improve. And finally, the, the, the uh, contactless descortivisability was improved as well as in the first group. In the third group, the results were similar to the second group, no significant difference at any level. So group two and group three at one year were identical in results, in outcomes. Were any adverse events observed? No, we didn't have any immunogenicity, we didn't have any inflammatory reaction. The coronal transparency was kept or improved, as I mentioned to you. Some cases had some coronal scars that faded in part <clears throat> at the end of the one-year follow-up. And now we are reporting, as I told you, the, the confocal study, in which we, we can see that the scattering of light related to corneal uh, opacities, even that was subclinical, was improved as well in the confocal analysis. So great. Let let me stay on that theme that the zone of implantation was visible even one year after surgery. I'm curious whether the implanted cells produced only backscatter without symptomatic glare or whether they have an impact on the patient's quality of vision. I'm just talking about the, the scan. You know, yeah, it's, it's difficult to answer this question because you have to think that we were using a model that was very hypercritical, which was advanced catacomb. to in this patient with bad vision, Really, to to to, to test an improvement in the in the quality of vision is very difficult because these corners are very aberrated. So we 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 don't rely in aberrations. Even and this is important. Aberrations did improve significantly in our groups. Did significantly improve in our groups. Whether they are because of the experience or because of the surgery, we don't know. But they were uh, one of the parameters that were in the main commissions much more outstandingly improved. Probably this is the reason why the patients improve as well moderately, but, but they did. And I'm sure that if we use uh, the intermediate cases of catoconus or early cases, this finding would be much more significant because uh, advanced catoconus is a model that only uh, proves uh, the, the safety of the procedure, but cannot be uh, taken as uh, the, the best group of treatment in the future. Okay. 
Sure. For the two of the three study groups that use decellularized laminas, the laminas were obtained from different depths of donor cornea. Some of these contained Bowman's layers and some didn't. Did the inclusion of Bowman's layer yield different results? Yes, you know, we, we, we studied this and we, we have been unable in this small sample to detect changes between those part of the those laminas that were with Bowman's layers and those that were with, with no Bowman's layers. Basically, all this is about the same, but you have to think that this number of five cases per group is too small to, to really extract uh, any information in this uh, very small sample of cases because only one case per group was really implanted with a woman's lawyer. So I don't think that we can uh, make more than speculation about the role of this woman's uh, lawyer in the outcome of this species. This has to be left for the second part of the study. How do you see this technology being employed clinically, and how far are we from implementation? Well, we are now starting, uh, sponsored by the Spanish government, a new stage of the study, in which we are going to use uh, to, to implant 25 uh, more eyes, in which we are going to focus more in the in the main outcome measures that we, we were finding more significant improvement in the previous experience, and the, the increase in the number of cases our capability to detect changes that are uh, rightly mentioned by you, as the lot of the Bomas layer, and also how is the, the, the outcome based on cases of the severity, because this is what matters much more to be in, in, in modest catacombs evolution, just to see if we are able to avoid this progression and to improve vision without creating any major uh, surgery or any other invasive surgery in this case. So this is brilliant, brilliant stuff. Obviously, you're due to be uh, lauded for you know the, this, this wonderful, wonderful work. I mean, it really is going to change uh, the uh, way that that we that we practice, both in terms, hopefully, of avoiding grafts, but even ultimately in the in the production of graft tissue too, as you as you mentioned. Jorge, I want to thank you very, very much for for bringing this this to us and for being so fantastically generous with your time. Thank you very much. I am happy to contribute this science and we should disseminate it. Thank you for your 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 interest in our study and I'm available for any further information. Jorge Alio is professor and chairman of the Instituto Ophthalmologico de Alicante, Universidad Miguel Hernandez in Alicante, Spain. His paper, Regenerative Surgery of the Corneal Stroma for Advanced Keratoconus One Year Outcomes appears in the July 2019 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Alio or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iworld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.